In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Well, we're going to start just a, a two-part series um, this week and next week about loving our enemies. Um, and uh, it's important for us to always be thinking about this idea of loving our enemies because sometimes it feels like in the world that we have a lot of enemies. We feel like we have a lot of conflict with a lot of different people. And the more conflict we have, the more enemies that we have, the more we feel we're at, at odds with people around us, it begins to change the way that we act. And instead of being kind and generous and gentle with people, we tend to become um, aggressive and dealing with other people or looking down at other people and so on. So this message that we read here from the Sermon on the Mount, um, as Christ taught the people many things, one of the most important things he taught is how do we deal with those whom we consider to be our enemies? And he says in Luke 6, verse 27, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, right? This idea of loving our enemies is one of the most like fundamental and important things in Christianity. And it was modeled by our Lord who on the cross demonstrated love for all his enemies. Those of us who made ourselves to be his enemy and yet he showed love and sacrificed himself for us. So, this sounds nice, you know, it's one of those things that sounds nice, but it's very hard to do. Um, so we want to look a little bit about what is involved in loving our enemies. How is it that we can do it? Okay. Um, first, I want to speak a little bit um, about four different points about how, you know, what are things that we can do before we even try to love our enemies? You know, before we even approach this idea of loving our enemies, what are some things that we can do? Okay. The first is we should learn to experience God's love and forgiveness. It will be impossible for me to love my enemy unless I first experience the forgiveness of God. Okay. This forgiveness of God and this experiencing the love that God has for me is the foundation for loving other people, right? The love that God shows us is the foundation of our love, right? And, and being aware of my own shortcomings and my own weaknesses is a way for me to have compassion on other people that have those same weaknesses, even if those weaknesses are affecting me in a negative way, right? Like if I, if I realize my sinfulness and while at the same time realizing how much God loves me and forgives me, then it allows me to have patience with others. It allows me to forgive others. It allows me to love others, right? In Isaiah 1 verse 18, it says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your skins, your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Like this is the, the magnitude of the forgiveness that God offers us. That even though our sins are like red, like scarlet, that God turns them to be white, right? If we meditate on this and we think about how, how much really has God forgiven us, uh, and not just the sins that we have committed in the past, but sins that we continue to commit. You know, one of the beautiful prayers uh, that can be prayed uh, like before communion uh, speaks about how that even as we stand before the altar of God here preparing ourselves to take communion and asking God's forgiveness for our sins, that even in this moment, we are still continually sinning against God, that we are, we sin so much and yet God is so kind and gentle with us to forgive us our sins. So before we can try to forgive our enemies, we have to learn 
and to love our enemies, we have to learn to experience God's love and forgiveness. The second thing we can do before we begin to love our enemies is we need to learn how to genuinely love those who actually love us, right? You know, it's one thing to love those who hate us, but what about loving those who love us? Um, we can't begin to love our enemies until we first love our friends and family. In Proverbs 17, it says, a friend loves at all times and the brother is born for adversity, right? And yet, sadly, this can even be difficult for us. It can be difficult for us to, to love even those who are in our household, to love those who are the closest to us, right? Um, oftentimes when we're with those whom we are close with, we let down our guards. We, um, you know, we don't, we don't make as much effort to be kind, to show patience, to be gentle, and we just maybe are harsh and impatient with others and believing and knowing that you know, in the end, what is the consequence? You know, maybe if I act this way with strangers, I will be rejected. Maybe if I act like this at work, I will be fired. Maybe if I act like this, you know, in the general, uh, like, like society and general public, like people will look down on me. But what I think that maybe if I'm at home, well, people are not going to kick me out of my own house. So maybe I can be more selfish. I can be more aggressive. I can be, you know, less forgiving, right? But in order for us to love our enemies, which is the most difficult thing, we have to learn to love those who love us, to love those we are close with, right? We are called to sacrifice for those in our family, to treat them actually even better than they treat us, right? So, so we have to learn this step, you know, before I can learn to love our en my enemy, I have to learn to love my friend and to love my family. Um, another thing we need to do is to understand the, the difference between disagreements and hatred, right? Because sometimes we conflate the two and we make the two seem to be the same thing, right? Just because we disagree with someone about something, it doesn't mean that we hate them and it doesn't mean that they are our enemies, right? It's, we can disagree about something while still maintaining love and friendship and respect, right? We should learn to disagree respectfully while at the same time respecting other people's opinions, right? And we shouldn't define you know, another person according to their opinion about a specific topic. Like you might have a different opinion than me about a specific topic, but that shouldn't cause me to hate you, right? It's okay for us to have disagreements between um, each of us. Um, St. Paul, he spoke about how early Christians had different opinions, for instance, about what days should be observed as feast days or holy days and what foods should be eaten. He says in Romans 14, he says, one person esteems one day above another, Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? So he's saying there are some things that is, you know, we can disagree on and we can have different practices and it's okay. It shouldn't result in um, ag aggression, anger, conflict, Right. And, and so St. Paul implored the, the people not to judge one another for many different personal decisions that we really can't consider to be right or wrong, just different opinions, right? It's a subjective thing. So we should differentiate between disagreement and hatred, which leads to becoming enemies. Um, the fourth point, before we even think about how to love our enemies, well, we should consider not making enemies to begin with, because it's much easier to avoid making enemies than it is to have an enemy that then we are called to love, right? The best way to love our enemies is not to have enemies in the first place. You know, how, how can we do this? When someone does something to bother us, to annoy us, 
right? We can try to make excuses for them. So we don't believe or we don't, we don't really ponder and think about what is it that they did, but we try to make excuses as why they did that. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they misunderstood. Maybe they didn't realize that it would offend me. Uh, maybe they were taught whatever, like so many different excuses um, that we ourselves would want people to make for us when we do something wrong. We can also make those excuses for them. Find reasons, give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Try to understand the factors that might actually be causing others to act the way that they do. You know, if we read about what is love, right? In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. That love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This idea that love thinks no evil, right? Love wants to cover the sins of another. Love does not want to, you know, love will begrudgingly accept that somebody did something wrong right? Once we've exhausted every other excuse and every other possibility, right, that we in the end can conclude that somebody had a wrong motive or did something that, that they shouldn't have done with, a, with a, you know, even a, like a animosity or aggression or hatred, right? So we should always consider, you know, um, you know, that maybe people around us are, are, are doing things for reasons other than what I think, right? So to avoid making enemies, we need to ensure like that the weakness of others, you know, or sorry, not to ensure, to, to be aware of the weaknesses of others, just as we have our own weaknesses, right? Someone else has a weakness, causes them to do things that they shouldn't do, just as we also have weaknesses, causes us to do things that we shouldn't do. That leads me into the last part that I want to speak about for today, which is maybe I am the one that is to blame. Right. And, 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 and I want to talk about this idea of how to create an enemy, right? How is it that I create an enemy? Because who defines what an enemy is? Is an enemy someone who decides that I am their enemy? Is an enemy someone that I decide is my enemy? Do we both have to agree that we're enemies? How is it that an enemy is created, right? How to create an enemy? One way we create an enemy is completely in our mind, completely in our thoughts, right? I can create an enemy just by interpreting someone's words or actions in a negative way, meditating and thinking about that, which causes me to become angry, which causes me to even be sometimes cursing that person in my mind, um, hating them, wanting bad things to happen to them, boiling and, and kind of going over and over and over in my mind, the same thoughts again and again, assuming that I understand their motivations, assuming I know exactly what, um, you know, that they, that they wanted to do, what they intended to do, they intended to offend me, and this is what they did, right? So we often begin to hate someone and to label someone as an enemy just based on some assumptions and interpretations that we have. And unless we take a step of speaking to them about it, you know, like if we try to make the excuses and give them the benefit of the doubt, but that doesn't work because we feel like we can't, we don't, we don't, we can't think of any good reason why they might have done what they did. So if we begin to, you know, speak to them and we talk to them about it and say, um, you know, why, you know, when you did this, it, it upset me because of this and this, right? So unless we speak to them 
right? And try to find a real life solution or to know, to have a, a real answer, to answer all the assumptions and interpretations that we have in our mind, um, then this initial annoyance that we have uh, toward a person can turn into aggression and hatred and resentment, right? And it can do so very quickly. And sometimes maybe we have experience where someone will start to treat us differently than the normal, and we don't understand why they're treating us the way that they are. And it's, you know, that, and we try to guess, right? Like, were they offended because I said this? Were they upset because I did this? And really don't know, right? And so, so this is, uh, sometimes we do this. We, we, we turn someone, you know, to be an enemy in our mind, and we start treating them as an enemy, and they don't even know necessarily why we're treating them the way that we are, right? Um, so we must expose these thoughts, right? One of the benefits of having a father of confession is that we go to him and we expose these thoughts. And maybe he can tell us, you know, get some guidance, like, well, I think you need to go talk to this person. Or no, you're being unreasonable. This isn't the right expectation for you to have. Or maybe, no, that really is something really bad. You definitely need to talk to them. You know, like, like it's important for us not to just leave it in the mind because leaving it in the mind is just going to percolate and it's going to get worse. It's not going to go away or get better by itself. Okay. So um, if after some reflection and some self-examination, we do determine that someone is to blame, then we should approach them wisely and respectfully and to discuss the situation. One important thing for us to do is to never label other people. So for instance, let's say, um, somebody said something to me that really bothered me, right? Um, I can go discuss it with them and say, when you did this specific action or when you said this specific thing, it made me feel upset because of this and this, right? I can say that. But I shouldn't go to that person and give them a label. Like, for instance, I'd say, you're a liar. No, you, say, you can say, you said a lie, but don't call the person a liar, right? Because the word liar is categorizing their whole person as though I see you as nothing but a liar. That is all you are to me, is a person who lies, right? We all might commit certain weakness or certain sins and fall into certain things. It doesn't mean that I should be categorized by that sin, right? So again, when we have these discussions, these confrontations, if you will, with people, we should, should always be very careful in the way that we talk because we want the positive outcome. The goal of these discussions um, is not... Uh, you know, is, is not because I just want to vent my anger at somebody. It's not because I just want to let out my anger and feel better about myself. It's, it's the goal should be reconciliation, right? The, the goal should be, I want to restore the relationship like it was. And I'm not going to restore the relationship if I'm disrespectful in this conversation. Actually, I'm going to, you know, sever the relationship even more, right? So, so it's important to discuss, okay? But keeping the situation only in my mind is self-destructive and it won't allow the problem to go away. It will not go away. It'll actually just get amplified in my mind. Every time I see them, um, I'm going to start interpreting more and more of their actions as, as, as attributing a bad motive to, to it. You know, if I think that somebody really has something against me, then at that point, everything that they do is going to be colored in my eyes with, you know, uh, with some kind of undertones, something that they're doing, something that they're saying that is, is bothering me. Um, in Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life, right? Like, like we should keep our hearts, like we should, 
protect our hearts. We shouldn't allow ourselves to be overrun with these bad thoughts, right? Because for out of it spring the issues of life. Like, like out of it is, is going to determine like the, the course of our life, right? If, I, if my heart is always contemplating on dark things and, and, and assuming bad motives to people, then, then my whole life will be dark and be difficult and be painful because I'm going to feel like everybody around me is trying to hurt me. And, and maybe we've met people like that. They believe that everybody is out to get them, that everybody is, cannot be trusted, that everybody is um, you know, trying to hurt them in some way. And those people are miserable, to be honest. They live a life of misery because they're not willing or able to, um, to, to accept uh, that other people around them have good motives, right? Um, the, the, the second point, really the last point that I want to talk about today, which then we'll expand on next week, okay, of how to create an enemy, is that I'm the one who creates the enemy in others. You know, a lot of times when, when someone treats me, you know, in a, in a way that I don't like, and it's easy for us to jump to the conclusion that there's something wrong with them, right? Like the, the issue is with them. The reason they said that, the reason that they did that is because they have, they are, they are bad in some way, right? So, um, but, but sometimes um, without us even realizing it, we are the source of the problem right? We are the source of the problem. Maybe there's something that I'm doing, right? That's causing people around me to be uncomfortable. Maybe there's something that I'm doing that's making other people around me upset with me that I don't realize it. Like, let's say I'm a very selfish person and I don't realize this about myself and I only care about myself. I always want the best. I always want the first. I always want, you know, always looking about how I can, you know, take what is, what is mine and what I want. And I kind of don't, care so much about other people's feelings or, or to like watch out for whatever that they need. And, and I always just take for myself, right? If I don't realize this about myself, if I don't know it, right, then in my mind, like, that's fine. But other people around me are going to be pretty upset that all the time, I would just want the best things for myself. I'm not sacrificing of my time for others, but I expect other people to sacrifice from me. I'm not willing to give of myself to them, but I expect them to give of themselves to me. So over time, um, I might not have so many friends. I might be experiencing some negative attitudes uh, that people have toward me. And all the while, I'm attributing it to them. I'm looking at them and saying, well, there's something wrong with these people. Why is it that they're being unkind, right? All because I don't see myself clearly, right? So sometimes we create enemies because of our wrong behaviors or thoughts, okay? Um, at the flip side... When we are wise, we can even turn someone who is an enemy into our friends, right? Because of our wisdom, because of the way that we treat them. Um, in Proverbs 16, 7, it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him, right? Which means what? Which means that, that even someone who has anger toward me, who sees me as his enemy, if I deal with them with kindness, with mercy, with patience then in a lot of cases, I can actually turn that person to be a friend, right? Because that person will see me expressing love to them, even maybe when sometimes they don't deserve it. So this idea of examining ourselves and seeing what role do I play? You know, what role do I play in making enemies of others is very important because oftentimes this is where we need to start. 
And the, the, the very first thing I need to do when I begin to sense that somebody is upset with me is I should ask myself, is it because of something that I have done, right? Is it real, first of all? Is it something that I have done? Could there be another reason for it? Do I need to approach that person and say, hey, I noticed you were, you know, maybe a little upset today about this. I just wanted to make sure that everything was okay. You know, I care that I have not done anything to, to, to make an enemy of another. And so next time, God willing, we're going to go into more detail about this point and look at many different examples from the Bible about people that have made enemies um, because of their own uh, wrong behavior and, and how that turned out in their life. So in conclusion for this time, just want to read 1 John chapter 4, where it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So when we are asked by God to love our enemies, we are asking, he's, he's asking us to participate in his life, in himself, in his character, in his attributes, because God cannot but love. He, it is his nature to love. And so he calls us to be like him. So if we really truly want to be like him, if we want to grow in him, then this is something that we have to struggle and learn. How is it that I can love my enemies, even when, and of course, this is always difficult for us to do. So again, next time we'll look at some examples of how we can be our own worst enemy um, and, and, and lead other people to be our own enemies. And glory be to God forever. Amen.